Spencer is doing in this first chapter is he's trying to articulate something very basic about how we interact with the world, how we um, engage with the world around us, what he calls our circle of reality. Now, when you read this, he's doing what a lot of academics try to do, which is they start with something that is relatively, uh, what's the word, um, inconsequential or, or incontestable. They try to start with something that, that most of us would accept and then they start to you know, draw implications. So when you read this chapter, Paul Hester is not really trying to say that circles of reality are good or bad, uh, right or wrong. Uh, he's not entering into that debate at all. Um, he would probably say, yeah, some circles of reality are probably healthier and better than others, et cetera, et cetera. But he's not doing any of that. He's starting by just trying to define his terms. Uh, and then, you know, from that, he's going to start drawing out some really interesting uh, insights. So he starts off with this notion of a circle of reality. And basically, our circle of reality is how we interact with the world. Uh, it's, it's, it's inherent in everything we do. It structures our experience of the world. It structures how we engage with institutions and individuals, with people we love and people we hate. In fact, you know, it tells us who we should love and who we should hate. And a circle of reality is, is something that, you know, in one culture it might be that getting married and finding a person who will, you know, enrich your life and, and, and fill that lack that's in your heart, you know, that that's good. Um, and or that, you know, having financial freedom, having the ability to buy what you want to buy and not have to work, you know, these are, these are good things. That's a kind of circle of reality. That is... Uh, a system that is informing us what is good and what is bad, what we should try to achieve, what we should try to avoid. Uh, you know, if we say something like, I should watch less TV, or I should eat less, or eat healthier, or exercise more, any of these things are telling you something about what I value. Uh, it can be good or it can be bad. And uh, politics is the same. Whatever political position you have, it will you know, have a sense of what you're aiming towards, how you think of the world, um, how you interact with the world. This is our circle of reality. And these circles of reality can look very different depending on who we are, depending on whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, depending on whether you were born in India or America or Ireland, depending on whether uh, you know, you're, you're a man or a woman or any, any other factors. There's various factors that influence our circles of reality. And on the surface, they can look incredibly different. You know, we might hold up a, someone like uh, uh, John Wayne as a type of hero, a heroic figure. I say that because my mum always loved John Wayne. And there's a massive picture of John Wayne uh, in the toilet of my, my parents' house. So every time you kind of go to the bathroom, there's a massive picture of John Wayne looking at you. So even to this day, I can only go to the toilet with a picture of John Wayne looking at me. Very, very strange. But, you know, that's, but my mum you know, loved John Wayne. Uh, it's a little bit before my time, so I don't know much about him. But, you know, that could be your hero. But your hero could be Mother Teresa. Your, your hero could be um, uh, James Bond. Your hero could be Martin Luther King. 
but you know, we these that, that, and that tells you something about how you see the world and um, how you interact with the world. So on the surface, our circles of reality can appear very, very different. We don't even know that we're in circles of reality. For most of our life, it is not something that we see, it's what we see through. It's like the, the, the glasses that you wear. Uh, most of you will know that little parable about um, these uh, you know, two little fish, two young fish that are swimming down this, this river, and they swim past this older river, and uh, this older fish, and the older fish says to the two younger fish, oh, the water's lovely, isn't it? And the two younger fish look at each other and like, water, what's he talking about? Right? In other words, they don't experience the water. The water is what allows them to move. They're not aware of the environment that they operate within. So for most of us, our circle of reality isn't something that we think about. It's like the grammar in language. You speak language and you're always using grammar and the grammar dictates how you speak. It dictates how you communicate meaning. But you're not aware of the grammar most of the time. Uh, unless you uh, study linguistics, uh, you're, you're not interested in the grammar. In fact, if you're like me, when you try to break it down, it's, it's actually quite difficult. I kind of forget what a pronoun is and all of that. But I use it and I operate with it. But it's behind the scenes. It's very rarely something that I actually bring to mind. And Hessert says that circles of reality are rarely experienced as oppressive. Right? We, we rarely experience our circle of reality as something that oppresses us. We experience not getting what we want within our circle of reality as oppressive. So for example, if as I said before, you want to get married, find the right person who will make you whole and complete, and you want enough money that you'll never have to work again. You don't experience those desires as oppressive. You experience not getting those desires as oppressive. Oh, I haven't made enough money. Oh, I haven't found the right person. Right, I need to go on more dates, I need to do whatever. It's, it's not getting the thing that you find oppressive, not the actual circle of reality. So we say, for example, fulfill your dreams. And you, you find not fulfilling your dreams to be difficult, to be painful. But actually, the challenge sometimes is to dream new dreams. It's not to fulfill your dreams, because your dreams can themselves be oppressive. So, you know, you find the person who fulfills you, and then you realize, oh, wow. Life's still difficult. And actually, you know, maybe love is not about fulfillment. It's about something else. Um, and you get all the money that you think will satisfy you, and it doesn't. So you, you start to realize that it's not that you haven't fulfilled the desires within your circle of reality that's the problem. It's the circle of reality itself. It's the very things that you desire are, are problematic. But that, that rarely happens to us. But it does happen. And Hesser uses an example of someone, he says he's a you know, middle-class guy, he's got a job, always paying his bills on time, always paying his mortgage on time, happily married, got kids, all of that. But then he loses his job, and then he loses his house, and then he loses his family, he break up divorce. Right? His circle of reality is collapsing around him, absolutely falling apart. Um, now, what happens, in the, in psychoanalysis, there's a similar insight is, we will do anything to maintain our circle of reality. So sometimes we'll go, oh, you know what? It's, I'll get another job. It'll be fine. 
Um, I'll try and keep the repayments up. I'll try to get the house back off the bank. I'll try and patch up my relationship with my partner, right? You're like, okay, this, the circle of reality works. It's just, of course, there are, there are problems and, and something went wrong. But, I, I, but you still have all those values. It's just not working for you anymore. And then what you can often do is you even get to the place where you condemn yourself. And you say, well, the system works. I'm just lazy. I just didn't work hard enough. I just didn't do the right thing. So again, you keep your circle of reality in place and you judge yourself for like, you know, failing to fulfill what that circle of reality is demanding of you. But Hesser says, what can also happen eventually is your circle of reality begins to dissipate and you start to see the world in a different way. No longer is someone who has a job, who has financial security, and we're, we're having a nice house and a picket fence is the ideal, but maybe you find yourself in a community of people of poverty, and you start to go, actually, you know what? Uh, there's something wrong with the system, the circle of reality that I used to be in. There's something problematic, and you give yourself over to other values and other causes. And this can be called conversion. Now, I mean conversion in the weak, uh, anemic form. Uh, Paul Hesser opens up a really rich form of understanding conversion. So when I say conversion, this is, this is a type of conversion that you see in religious circles, where someone changes, in, in, in Christianity, it would be called one worldview for another. If you've seen uh, in Christianity, there's this idea that Christianity is a worldview, and people convert from, say, secularism to Christianity. So you can move from one worldview to another. Uh, and in Hesert's words, that would be from one circle of reality to another. And the reason why I, I can call it conversion is because it feels incredible. You feel reborn. When you move from one worldview to another, one worldview that's no longer working for you. So, for example, uh, you believe that if you have enough faith and you pray, God will reward you with prosperity, will give you health and wealth, right? So that's maybe a circle of reality. And when that doesn't work, you get sick or someone you love gets sick or, you know, you enter into deep poverty. Uh, you find maybe another religious worldview which says that that's not the way God works. It's not about kind of like, you know, you say the right prayer and you get healthy and wealthy. And that's wonderful. Suddenly you feel great. This is, a, this is a new type of way of understanding the world, uh, how we should act, what, what's right, what's wrong. And at first, it's incredibly liberating. But what it is, even if the second circle of reality is better than the other one, there's still circles of reality. There's still worldviews. There's still positions um, that have a similar structure. So that, in a nutshell, is what a circle of reality is. And so then what Paul Hesser does, and this is the meat of the chapter.